Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Here's drilled him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Oscar Platbomb. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia. The Edmonton Oilers with a little bit of work to do. Uh, they're one of 26 teams playing today in the National Hockey League, the last day of action before the three-day break, which takes place over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to Oilers Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Hugh Porter extending his best holiday wishes to all of you listeners on today's edition of Oilers Now. And what a show we have for you. We'll recap the Oilers 101 weekend, including a thrilling 4-3 victory over a... Uh, jam-packed Rogers Place Montreal Canadiens in a highly energized crowd. Uh, Wayne Gretzky will join us uh, with some holiday wishes at 12.15. And uh, then our NHL insider, 12.35 today, John Shannon. We're going to do something a little bit different. Had him, haven't had him on maybe in about a calendar year, uh, but uh, one of the more better-known uh, Twitter guys out there and blogger types, um, 
has a great handle on Oilers analytics. Darcy McLeod at 105 to talk about uh, the Zach Cassian and Darnell Nurse contracts moving forward. We'll get a Vancouver perspective. Uh, we had Canucks general manager Jim Benning on the show earlier this season. A guy that knows the team like nobody else. A longtime beat writer for Post Media, Ben Kuzma, will join us today at 135 to give us the Vancouver perspective. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree is bigger and better now, 100% smoke-free on the main casino floor. River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. You can text us at 780-496-0063. It's our new Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors strong enough for every mini sticks tournament. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet me uh, as uh, Dave Campbell. Dave, what's your uh, Twitter address at? It is Dave underscore Ched. You are a good man. You're in there pinch hitting today, so Brendan Escott, <laughs> who, as you know, uh, is a huge part of the show, can uh, can spend a little time with his family over the break, so that's awesome. You're a team player, Dave. I don't care what anybody says about you. I, I mean, I know you didn't always share the puck back in the day when you used to skate, so it's a, it's a good thing get it often, team man. player at work. Because I didn't get it often enough. That's why. <laughs> Were there some other guys that always had it, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was very good at looking at other people that had the puck and trying to get the puck away from them. So when I had the puck, it was like a glorious moment for me. So I didn't want to give it up. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all righty. Well, <laughs> lots to get to. I do want to mention uh, the next uh, tomorrow's show. Uh, tomorrow's show, and uh, so the Christmas Eve. And, uh, Boxing Day shows uh, will be best of uh, Oiler Nows, uh, and some would say that that is a uh, oxymoron, uh, but we'll have uh, our, our top encapsulations of the last uh, calendar year or so on Tuesday and Thursday show. Uh, Wednesday, it'll be nothing but Christmas music, I believe, on uh, 6.30. Jed, uh, Mark Specker, Sportsnet Spec, Horses, Horse Racing, Alberta. They've got live racing on uh, Boxing Day at uh, Century Mile at 1.15. Speck will join us on Friday's show along with Elliot Freed. There'll be a couple of our future uh, featured guests that day. Again today, Wayne Gretzky, John Shannon, Darcy McLeod, aka Wood Guy, Ben Kuzma. But right here, right now, we go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. And an extended, uh, awesome uh, encapsulation of the Oilers' victory against the Montreal Canadiens, which took place on Saturday night. Who doesn't like an all-Canadian matchup at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday? This is Montreal's turn. For now, McDavid to lead a 2-1-1. Dishes, wrist shot, score! Leon Dreisaitl beating Carey Price. Archibald shot stopped. Here's Shane trying to center him. The fourth line almost score. Bear, and they do score! A centering pass that Josh Archibald lifts past Carey Price. And Montreal shorthanded. Jeff Petrie shoots and scores. Beat Koskinen high glove. And Petrie, who was victimized by a superb save by Koskinen earlier in the game, is able to answer and score top right corner. A shorthanded goal that lifts Montreal within 2-1. to one. Out to Suzuki. One-timer score. Petrie. 
have been tipped in the high slot. McDavid barrels down the middle. He's in on net. Rich shot score! And Edmonton regains the lead 3-2 to two as McDavid drags the puck around Carey Price and buries it for his 21st of the year. Off to Domi. Beautiful move to the net. Rich shot score off the rush as he beat Darnell Nurse and then Koskinen glove side. Cheyenne to Archibald. Back to Cheyenne. Rich shot score! The fourth line is struck again! This time it's Archibald to Riley Cheyenne, whose go-ahead goal gives Edmonton a 4-3 lead with 12-12 to play. Everybody just sort of, the, the, there was a high dump out of the zone, and everybody just kind of, the Canadians kind of just stopped, stopped. skating. Petrie got caught off ice, and how about the performance tonight from Josh Archibald? Like, this is by far the best game he's ever played. 15 seconds to play. Oilers four, Habs three. Armia in over the line, 10 seconds, flings it across. Max Domi, bouncing puck, block shot. Archibald, three seconds, tosses it off the glass, and out. this game is over. Edmonton four, Montreal three, Shea the game winner, Josh Archibald, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, each with a goal and a helper, and Miko Koskinen closes it out with 23 saves. Edmonton's four-game winless streak at home is over. All right. Uh, yeah, big night and big night from the uh, fourth line guys. Josh Archibald looked like Brendan Gallagher out there, and that's not at all a, uh insult in any way, shape, or form. Here's Dave Tippett on the play of Sheehan and Archibald. Well, the importance they have, not just on the penalty kill, but in a checking role, in a role tonight where you're tough turnaround, coming back at 5 o'clock the next day, you need everybody right in your lineup, throughout your lineup to chip in and not just chip in with points, but the work that they put in and the... It was just, we needed that right through our lineup, and those guys epitomized that. And uh, for Josh Archibald, uh, it was a full 60-minute performance for the team. I think we've been playing well lately. Just the small things have been hurting us, and, you know, to kind of come back, have a comeback game like we did tonight, and uh, play a full 60, was, it was a good feeling. All right, so uh, the Oilers are going to hit the ice in 16 minutes' time. Here's what we expect tonight. Vancouver comes in with a record tonight of 18-15-4. and four. They're 5-5 five and five in their last uh, 10 games. 11, they've got good numbers. They're 11th on the uh, 11th in goals for, 13th goals against, 4th on the power play, 18th on PK, 2nd on face-off percentage. Horvat is having a tough plus-minus year up front with Tanner Pearson uh, and uh, Louis Erickson as they lost Josh Levo to injury. Uh, Elias uh, Peterson, that's uh, what Jack's going with, uh, with J.T. Miller, who came over in that deal from Tampa Bay, and Brock Besser. Besser, four goals, 10 points, 10 career games against Edmonton. Adam Goddett with Anton Roussel, who's now back, did not play against Edmonton two, uh, what the three previous games this year, had an E issue. And Jake Furtanen, who's got 10 goals and 20 points this year, he had 15 goals last season. Chad Beagle with uh, Tim Schaller, and Tyler Mott, a grinding, uh, albeit somewhat limited, fourth line for Vancouver. We got Hughes and Tanev, Fantenberg with Myers and Ben and Stetcher. Jacob Markstrom will start a goal. I will give you the Oilers a little bit later on, and we might not have it until about 1.35 today. Uh, but uh, at this time, we are pleased. Uh, special uh, Christmas gift for, gift for all of our uh, listeners here on Oilers Now. On 6.30, Chad, we are pleased to be joined by Wayne Gretzky. Hello, Wayne. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? 
Uh, well, I'm in Vancouver. Would it surprise you if I told you it, it was raining earlier today, but it's actually brightening up a bit? <laughs> no, that wouldn't surprise me, but it is a great city, but they do get a little bit of rain. <laughs> yeah, they do get a little bit of rain. Well, uh, look, so much to get to. That, that was a fun game the other night against the Montreal Canadiens, wasn't it, Wayne? Yeah, you know what? It's always nice. Uh, you know, things haven't changed a whole lot uh, since the uh, 30s and 40s and 50s. You know, so many people grew up idolizing Toronto and Montreal and Edmonton and Calgary and Saskatchewan have a huge following of Montreal Canadian fans. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. So for uh, our guys to really uh, step forward and play as well as they did and in a night where, you know, there's a lot of fans that cheer for Montreal. They've earned that over the last hundred years. And uh, I know myself as a player, it was always a, an extra special win when you can beat Montreal or Toronto at home. Uh, it was always uh, that much more special. You know, Wayne, I can remember the precise moment I converted from a Canadiens fan to an Oilers fan, and that was in the 81 playoffs. And that Guy Lafleur was my favorite player. Uh, we've discussed this before uh, privately. I loved Guy Lafleur. He was, and you played with him with Jill Perrello on that line in the Canada Cup in 81. But in the 81 playoffs, I remember Davey Hunter got a big piece of Guy Lafleur, and then Guy Lapointe went and fought Hunts, and Hunts did a bit of number on him, and then Lapointe swung his helmet or something at, at Hunter, and I realized I was cheering for the Oilers. I wasn't cheering for the Canadians anymore. Uh, how, just when you think back to those games, because Montreal would always come around Christmas time. I know you guys knocked, but could you feel a little bit of the passing of the torch at that time as Canada's team uh, during the course of that 81 playoff series? Well, listen, uh, I remember the very first game we played in Montreal in Edmonton. It was probably uh, one of the only times that uh, we got sort of shellacked that Glenn Sather just basically, we lost 7-3, to three and uh, Lafleur was all over the ice, and Robinson was special, and they just dominated us uh, to a man. And uh, I remember Glenn saying, uh, you know what, that's the professional team over there and that's what we are going to strive to want to be and uh, that's what your goal is. And then two short years later, we're in Montreal. I think we caught them a little bit off guard in game one. We played exceptional in game one and it had a nice uh, easy victory. And I don't think it's any big secret that um, we stole game two. Andy Moog was absolutely uh, just stellar throughout the whole night. Uh, goal posts, crossbars, saves he was making, and somehow we we scratched our way out of there with a win in game two. And then when we did get home, uh, I think that it was uh, one of the most amazing nights of Edmonton Northern history. Uh, the reaction of the crowd and the energy and, and everything that goes with that that was in the Coliseum that night just was really uh, very unique. And at that point in time, we were destined to, to knock Montreal out, having been three at home, and we just played an exceptional game and rode the wave of the fans that night. Um, and you know what? Uh, we learned a lot from Montreal Canadiens, and, and I think Glenn really built his team around sort of the Winnipeg Jets of the 70s with Hull and uh, Edberg and Nielsen and Lars Eric Schilberg. Uh, and then, obviously, he he idolized what Lafleur and Pete Mahovlich and Bob Ganey and all those players, what they brought to the table. 
and basically built their team around uh, a very similar style team to that of the Montreal Canadiens. Wayne, this will be the only time I ever draw an analogy between Riley Sheehan and Wayne Gretzky. But Riley referenced after the game that his dad was at the two games this weekend and he scored in both games. And he th- he thought his dad had seen all three of his goals this season, which made me think, you know what, maybe we need to talk to Bob Nicholson and get Ken Holland to get Riley Sheehan's dad at every game. But with all seriousness, did you get a, when you were, was there, were there not stories about Glenn Sather occasionally flying in your dad maybe a bit? Uh, you know, when you were struggling, like Wayne, when you only had seven points over three games instead of 12. Yeah. Well, listen, Glenn was one of the first professional coaches that really enjoyed the families being around the team. Uh, he didn't separate parents and players. If we were on the road and we were going back to the hotel, he would throw parents on the team bus. He just always felt that family was so important and vital to the success of the whole group. And so he always made the families feel welcome. But I will tell you, there was many times, especially in Winnipeg and Calgary, where I'd be walking out of that tunnel uh, down two games to one or up two games to one. And as I was walking out for that morning skate, if I saw my dad sitting in the stands, that was my cue of, well, I need to play a lot better. Because <laughs> Glenn always felt that uh, I always had that extra burst of energy when my mom and dad were at the games. And um, a lot of times I would find out I wasn't playing as well as he wanted me to play when I walked out and saw my dad sitting in the stands. So, you know what, but that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, we had parents around all the time. And as you know, now they do a father trip or a mother's trip. But Glenn always made their, their, our families feel welcome. And he always felt that it was important that uh, the parents were part of uh, the makeup of the organization. And so whether it's Mr. Anderson or, or Mark Messier's dad or Zach Coffey, there always seemed to be somebody around in a game. And that uh, always made it fun for all of us. Wayne Gretzky joining us in Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you from Vancouver. Wayne, you mentioned family, and it's Christmas, and it is a little bit different today in the hockey world. We get the 24th, 25th, and 26th off. The Oilers play tonight in Vancouver and host Calgary on Friday the 27th. But you guys looked after each other. I don't know if you got, as I recall, I don't recall you getting, a lot of times you played on Boxing Day often against Calgary, often it really was Boxing Day, both literally and figuratively, but before we get to some of those matchups with Calgary on Boxing Day, maybe could you speak to how the guys looked after each other and the team was a family at this time of year, because you didn't have time to fly back and go see your extended families wherever you guys were from. Yeah, we we didn't, uh, we spent a lot of time together, Uh, we had a lot of uh, young guys, a lot of single guys, um, consequently, Glenn always wanted to make sure everybody had a place to go at Christmas time. And guys like Lee Fogelin and, and uh, Colin Campbell, or the older guys, always made sure that uh, the single guys had a place to go for Christmas. We always seemed to play at home on the 23rd. And we knew that if we played poorly on the 23rd and didn't win, that we were going to practice at 9 a.m. on the 24th, which we did quite often. We have that 9 o'clock skate. It was only a half hour, but we didn't mind. And then Christmas Day was off, and then we usually uh, got on an uh, airplane and either flew to Vancouver for a game in Vancouver the 26th or in Calgary the 26th. But you know what? That's the way it was, and we, we didn't know any better. We didn't uh, take it to heart. It was Christmas time, but we enjoyed the 25th, and 
we all spent a lot of time together on the 25th, and then we were ready to go on the 26th to, to play that game. Well, I know there's stories about uh, soldiers, and by no means am I ever comparing hockey to soldiers. But I know uh, during the First World War on Christmas Day that the uh, you know the soldiers sat there and uh, they had a détente on Christmas Day and went and shook hands and had a drink, and then went back out the next day and went back to work and doing what soldiers do. Uh, for you guys, there was no love loss back then. Uh, Vancouver had you know some average teams. I mean, Winnipeg was an underrated team, Wayne, in the '80s. Calgary. Those were tough, tough hockey games. You just kind of chuckle now when you think about, you know, some of the zaniness of that time and how completely different the game is today. Oh, it's it's. There's no comparison. The game is so different now. Um, you know, back then it was uh, no question that there was going to be four or five fights, especially if it was Calgary and even Vancouver with guys like Stan Smill and McElhargy. They were a pretty tough team with Delorme. So. There was always those matchups. You knew there was going to be three, four, or five fights that particular night. The amazing thing for me now is that we sit back and we see this, and you know the Calgary Edmonton feud that went on when we were playing all those years, and they went on to the Oilers went on to win all the cups, and Calgary ended up winning one of those cups. But uh, it's amazing to me now the respect that these players have for each other, uh, the ex Flames and the ex Oilers, and getting together and doing a lot of charity events together and you know when you play the game there's a there's a definite hatred because you want to win you want to be successful but at the end of the day both teams uh, had a mutual respect for each other and i think that shows today by the uh, friendships and the relationships that uh, that are had now between the flames and the oilers um you would never expect or see guys like tim hunter or poplinski hanging around with guys like Semenko mcsorley but that did take place, and that's what life is, you know, helping people who are less fortunate. But when you do go to war, you go to war and you want to win. We want to beat them as badly as they wanted to beat us. Yeah, and just to illustrate that point, there was that Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament, Wayne, and Red Deer a couple of years ago for uh, Sheldon Kennedy's group, uh, Children's Advocacy Center, a guy named Terry Lowen, former WHL player, helped put that up, and they raised like seven or $800,000. It was 12 members of the Flames, 12 members from the Oilers. Expect a call in that regard if you haven't already been reached out. Hey, uh, just, to, just, just to wrap up, Wayne, um, the Edmonton Oilers are exactly one point behind uh, through the 39-game uh, stage that they were in their playoff year in 2016-17. There's been some ups, there's been some downs, but they're not in a bad spot, are they, right now? We're in a good spot, you know, and I think that uh, through it all, I think that both the coaching staff and Kenny's staff has shown that there's going to be patience and people aren't going to panic within the organization. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, the kids that are down in Bakersfield, he said from the beginning he was going to let them grow and learn how to be professionals. Um, and he's doing that. I think that we've been a little bit uh, beat up as far as some injuries go, and that happens to all teams, and especially in this day and age, because the players are so big and are so fast. And, you know, you just got to try to limit your losing streaks. And, and if you can limit your losing streaks, um, then you're going to be fine because it's such a fine line between winning and losing now. There's so many, uh, so much parity now in the National Hockey League that you know if you can if you can withstand those uh, five or six uh, losses in seven games, if you can withstand that and, and get on a roll yourself, 
then you're back in the thick of things. We're in a tough position. Um, Phoenix made a tremendous trade uh, in adding Taylor Hall. Obviously, uh, they've had a great year. Vegas is going to get better. Calgary's coming on. So Vancouver, we know, has got a good young club. So each and every night is a tough game. But I think all in all, our guys have really handled it well. And I think that our power play and our penalty killing uh, is, is much better this year than it has been in the past. And you can win a lot of games with your penalty killing and your power play. So it's real positive right now. Uh, it would be nice to finish the, the before Christmas with a win. Uh, which would set up nice for the uh, last half of the season. Wayne, between over-the-air listeners and our podcast, we have roughly 50,000 uh, listeners a day to Oilers now. Any uh, any Christmas message you want to send them at this time? Just Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. Of course, most importantly, health and happiness for all. It's, uh, I'm fortunate. i got a great family and everybody's healthy, and uh, that's what life is all about. You can't buy health. And so I wish everybody uh, great health in the new year. Wayne, as always, uh, we appreciate your time. We'll touch base down the road, all right? All right. Good luck tonight. Get a win. All right, man. (laughs) If only it was up to me. Off. There you go. That is uh, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne from the Edmonton Operation on Oilers Now. Off to a global news weather traffic update. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.